our stories that we share, you know, and, and uh, but, you know, we've been able to, after all these years, stay connected. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about, Terry, uh, you know, whenever Brother Francis, uh, we sent Terry and Tracy out. They came here to Sugarland, just knew one family, and, and they felt like they needed to come start a church. So Brother Francis said, well, we're going to pay your salary for the year while you go plant. And so they, Brother Francis paid for their salary for the first year, and then several years after that, actually. And so financially, we just helped them to get started. And then um, Terry said, look, the church is doing good. Uh, they can support us, so we don't need your finance. So Brother Francis said, well, I tell you what, we'll keep sending you money, and you just put it in a, in a land fund, and whenever you find land, it'll help you all buy land. And so Terry found this land and got a great deal on it, it was just a miracle how it happened and all that kind of stuff. And so Terry called me one day and he said, you know, he said, listen, I don't want to receive any more financial help from Family Life Lafayette. So, well, Terry, it's not a big deal. You know, let's keep helping. He said, no, I felt like the Lord told me that I needed to trust him, not Family Life Lafayette. And so, yeah, so, and that's not the whole story. Because I said, okay, Terry, you sure? It's like, Okay, well, you know, lo and behold, just not long after, it seemed like it was a week or two, I can't remember exactly, but a couple of weeks later, Terry calls me and said, guess what? Somebody came to church this morning and put a massive check in the offering. You know, it's like the biggest one he ever had, you know? It's like, and, and, and that blessing just continued, and it just was such an inspiration to me. When you trust God and not man, when you put your faith in the Lord and not other people, there's no telling what God will do. Amen? And so, man, what a blessing. Well, good to be with you. And, and as Terry said, my wife, Tanya, couldn't be here because um, we have a, her mother had surgery on her knee. She had a torn meniscus, and she's been uh, off of her feet for uh, almost nine weeks now. And so Tanya has been having to help her, cook for her, clean for her, just all of that stuff. And so she loves to come to Sugarland and be here, uh, here with the church, but this time she couldn't come, so her greeting's out to you guys. But I'm hoping to encourage you today. How many of you like to be encouraged? Yeah. Amen. Let, let's pray and ask the Lord to encourage our hearts today through his word. Father, thank you for anointing me uh, to teach and, and preach your word today. I pray your anointing upon the hearts and the people that are hearing your word today. God, may you encourage our hearts today as we just uh, submit ourselves to your encouraging word. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about what I believe is one of the most powerful principles in the Bible, which is uh, the blessing of perseverance. Uh, I'm just finishing up a series in Lafayette called Extraordinary Living. And the series is based on a scripture that uh, I know most of you will be familiar with. And it's in John 10 where Jesus makes a very clear declarative statement. And he identifies his mission and his vision for why he left heaven and came here to earth. In John 10, 10, he says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus said, this is the reason why I came. I came so that my people could have a, a, not just life, abundant life. I like that. Don't you like that? 
And so what does that mean? What does abundant life mean? Well, it means, in the Greek, it means to have a life filled with vitality and enthusiasm. Now, that's the kind of life I want to live, a life filled with vitality and enthusiasm. In fact, it means to live a life beyond normal and better than average. Abundant life means to live a life that is better than you ever dreamed of. It doesn't mean you're going to live a life without problems or hardships, but it's going to, if you make a decision to live your life for the Lord, you're going to live a life better than you ever dreamed of. I love the message translation of this verse, and it says, I came so they they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's abundant life, right? How many of you are interested in that kind of life, right? So, but you know what I learned through the years is that just because Jesus said, I came, that you might have an abundant life doesn't mean that we're going to live that abundant life, right? It doesn't just happen automatically. And so, you know, what I've learned is if you want to live an abundant life, you need to find out the principles in the Word of God, and you need to apply those into your life. And the more principles you apply in your life, then you will tap into another level of living, and that's how you get to abundant living. Amen? You know, I don't know if you've, uh, I don't know if he even plays anymore, but there was that program called The Amazing Race. Remember that program? And so, you know, they had clues and they had teams and they would, they would go and find a clue and that clue would get them to another clue and eventually would get them to, the, to where they needed to be. The first one to get to, the, to the, uh, the grand, to the last clue would get this amazing prize, a million dollars. And you know, the Christian life is a lot like The Amazing Race. God gives us these principles in his word. And if we'll learn those principles and follow those principles, it'll get us to one level of living, to another level of living. And if we'll continue to follow his clues, his principles, we'll end up living an amazing, abundant, extraordinary life like we never thought could ever be possible. Amen? So today, I want to talk to you about just one of those principles, the blessing of perseverance. What is perseverance? Perseverance is the continued pursuit of anything that you undertake, and it's not giving up quitting or throwing in the towel. In other words, it's not giving up on a relationship, even though you've been wounded or you hurt. It means not giving up on your vision and dreams for your life, even though it's, you're struggling to see them come to pass. It's continuing to work hard, even though you don't see immediate results. It's the ability to keep going when things are hard. And that's what perseverance is all about. Sometimes the reason why we don't succeed in life is because we give up too soon. We throw in the towel. And it's, you know, listen, we too easily accept failure and defeat instead of just standing in there and hanging in there until the blessing comes, amen? Amen. And listen, you know, listen, I know everybody gets tired and we're in fact, Isaiah 40 says, even youth grow tired and weary young men will stumble and fall. We all get tired. We all get weary. We all have the temptation of wanting to just give up and throw in the towel, especially when you've been struggling for a long time with problems. You know, we can all handle tribulation for a day, but it's whenever you face it day in and day out, week in and week out, that's whenever you want to throw your hands up and say, man, I can't do this anymore, right? Somebody said, you know, it's the grind that gets us. It's the grind. It's the constant, repetitive struggling through problems. But listen, if we want to live in an abundant life, we have to develop perseverance. 
because they are blessings that come with perseverance. Proverbs 24.10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. You can't live an abundant life if you faint whenever things get tired. If you quit, if you, if you learn to just throw up your hands as soon as things get difficult, you got to learn how to hang in there. Amen? And if you hang in there, you know, I heard this story about, uh, I read the story years ago. There was a, a company that found out there was supposedly gold in this certain uh, area. And so they went and bought hundreds of acres. And so they began digging, looking for the gold mine, looking for the gold shaft. And they dug and they dug and they dug and, and, and they couldn't find it. They went weeks and months and years and finally they, they gave up. They threw in the towel and said, you know, there's no gold here. And so they shut the whole operation down. Well, somebody else bought that property a couple of years later and said, I know there's gold down there and we need to buy it and we need to keep digging. I know it's down there. And they bought this this parcel of land, and they went back into that mine and started digging. And you know, within months, they hit that fine. And they made millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I just think about that story, and I think, man, you and I might be just on the verge of an incredible breakthrough, but we can't throw in the towel. We can't give up. We got to learn to persevere because the blessing is right around the corner. Amen? And so let's talk about it. How do you develop perseverance? Number one, you have to learn how to handle adversity. As we already talked about, no matter how successful you are, if you're wealthy, if you're middle class, if you're poor, everybody's going to face adversity, right? Everybody's going to have tr trouble, have trials, have problems. But what's sad is that many of us never advance when we're going through adversity. We never, we never get the benefit of adversity. For example, when our trials, whenever we go through trials, what happens many times is uh, we become bitter at God. Because we say, God, I thought if I'd serve you, everything would be good. Well, that's not the Bible, right? The Bible never promises us that we wouldn't go through problems. Or sometimes we allow our trials and tribulation to get us angry at family or friends. And so we, we turn on God, we turn on family and friends, and finally we begin to resent our adversity instead of embracing our adversity. And so today I want to encourage you to embrace your adversity and begin to look at your adversity as a friend, not as a foe. Because how many of you know God can take everything we go through and he can turn it around for our good? Can I get a better amen? And so we need to remember, God will never waste one experience we go through. It doesn't matter whether the enemy threw it our way. It doesn't matter if somebody else caused us harm. God can take everything that you go through and turn it around for your good. Amen? And so God allows us to go through adversity, first of all, to grow our character. Now, you never know the quality of your character until you go through trials and tribulations, right? 1 Peter 4, 12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised by the fiery trouble that are, that's coming in order to test you. Don't feel as though something strange is happening to you. So Peter says, listen, don't be surprised if you go through problems. Don't be surprised at that. Because it's the testing. It's in order to test you. And so it's in tough times that you find out what you're really made of. Everybody can have strong faith and praise God and, and sing hallelujah when everything is going good. But what about when we go through tough times? 
Sometimes I think God will allow us to go through seasons of adversity to surface the impurities in our heart. You know, in the Bible, the, the scripture talks about the silversmith. And in biblical times, the silversmith would purify metal. And in Proverbs 17, 3, it says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests our heart. And so the silversmith, whenever he got metal, he would put it in the adversity of fire and he would melt the metal. And whenever he would melt the metal, the impurities in the metal would surface to the top. And then he would skim them off and he would keep doing that to purify the metal. And so then the question was, you know, how long would, would he do that? Well, the, 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 the silversmith would keep purifying the metal until he could look in the metal and see himself. When he could see his reflection, he knew the job was done. And so the question is, how long will they allow the Lord allow us to go through adversity? Maybe he will allow us to go through adversity to surface the impurities in our heart and our lives so he can skim them off until he sees us in our lives. Amen? How many of you know he wants to see his nature and his character in us? And he loves us enough not to let us stay where we are. And he'll let us go to the fire sometimes because he wants to purify our hearts because he knows that's what's going to get us to the next level. Amen. And so, you know, God allows us to go through adversity, not just to, to test our character, to grow our character, but he also allows us to go through adversity to grow our faith. And so you can't develop perseverance until you have strong faith. When you have strong faith, you trust God, even though in the natural it doesn't seem like it's going to work, right? And you can't develop strong faith without going through seasons of testing and adversity. Because when does our faith grow? Our faith doesn't grow when we're on the mountaintop. Our faith grows when we're in the valley, when we're going through the trials and tribulations of life. Amen. And so the Lord allows our faith to be tested because he really is wanting to develop perseverance in us. He's wanting us to grow. James chapter 1 and verse 2, James said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. So James calls enduring trials the testing of your faith. You never really know how strong your faith is until it's tested. Remember when the disciples were with Jesus in that storm? And you remember he was asleep on the cushion in the back of the boat? And you remember their response to Jesus whenever they were in the middle of that storm? I want to read it to you. I want you to see, I want you to see the attitude of the disciples here, okay? In Mark 4 and 37. But soon a fierce, a fierce storm came up, High waves were breaking into the boat and he began to fill, the, fill with water. And Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Did you catch the, what the disciples asked Jesus? Do you care? In fact, they didn't ask him. They shouted, Jesus, don't you care that we are perishing? Now, let me ask you a question. Did Jesus care about the welfare of the disciples? Of course he did. Do you think the disciples believed that Jesus would care for them? Yeah, they did in their heart of hearts. I believe they did. But you know what the storm did? It found a crack in their faith. It found a weakness in their faith. 
And you see, you never know how how rock solid your faith is until you go through some kind of adversity. But in that time of adversity, if you choose to look at your trial in a, as a friend, not a foe, as God's allowing you to go through this to make you better, then you'll start viewing your adversity better. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to give strength to your life. And you're going to be saying, listen, I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm waiting for the blessing on the other side. Because that's the third thing is that if we don't give up, if we don't throw in the towel, if we allow adversity to develop our our faith, then we're going to persevere long enough where the blessing is going to be right around the corner. Amen? You know, a few years ago, Tiny and I, well, it was actually like 10 years, 15 years ago, Tiny and I decided to do one of those, um, those triathlons, you know, and you got to, you know, do 200-meter swim, and you, you got to bike like 26 or 24 miles, and then you got to run like a 5K. Well, I couldn't do either one of those. And so, you know, we're going to do a triathlon. So it's like, man, I, that's, that's wishful thinking, right? I didn't have the perseverance to do it. But you know what? We started. We got in the pool, and we swam a lap. And we got out of the pool after one lap, and our tongue was hanging out, and we're breathing hard. It's like, oh, 200 meters is a long way. But we stayed in the pool, and we kept swimming, and we kept swimming, and we kept swimming, till finally, you know what happened? We swam 200 meters. Praise the Lord. Now we got to get on the bike. <laughs> but long story short, because we went through adversity, Tanya and I finished a triathlon. Amen. Now listen, it wasn't purdy, and we didn't win. We just did the thing, okay? All right? But I'm telling you, the people that live the most amazing lives are not the people that had everything handed to them and life was easy. It's those that have, that have endured and have persevered through trials and tribulations. I'm telling you, they are rock solid and they can't be moved. Amen? Because here's, here's the deal. If you don't give up, there's a blessing. God allows us to go through adversity so we can receive the blessing on the other side. And so be encouraged today. There's always a blessing when you go through adversity, when you persevere through it. How do you, de- how do you develop the ability to continue to persevere? Is to go through adversity. So if you're going through adversity right now, I want to encourage you, don't look at it as a foe. Don't get bitter at God. Don't, don't blame it on other people. Come on, look up and say, God... This has been a tough patch for me right now, but I know you are faithful, and I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not giving up. I'm standing in there, and I know there's a blessing right on the other side. Amen. You know, listen, sometimes the greatest blessings of life come right after the greatest seasons of adversity. Amen. You know, we like to talk about, you know, um, how God miraculously blessed Joseph, right? And how he went from the pit to the palace. But what we don't like to talk about is the adversity that he went through. The reason why he went into the pit, his brother sold him into slavery. The reason why he ended up in the prison is because he was falsely accused. And he ended up in the prison. He went through seasons of adversity, and eventually he got to the palace. I believe God's got a palace for you. And he's got a palace for you. And he's got a palace for you. And you might be misunderstood. You might be mistreated. You might be ridiculed, whatever the case may be. I want to encourage you as a child of God, God's on your side. He's not giving up on you now. Just hang in there. And I believe the greatest blessing is right on the other side. Amen. Come on, if you receive that, say amen. 
The second way to develop perseverance is you got to learn to lighten the load. Sometimes there's a reason why we want to quit up and give up on life. is because we get so tired. Can anybody relate to this? Because of the grind of life. And we're carrying too much unnecessary weight and baggage, and we're getting exhausted. Have you ever tried running for any distance carrying weight? Like I know some of you, as Terry was saying, honored you last week for being in the, I know you guys that have been in the military, you got to put on all this, you got to carry these, and, and they say, run, run with all this? Yeah, run, run. Can I put this down? No, run with the weight. You can't run very far. Not long ago, my, we have a granddaughter, four years old. I mean, she's the apple of my eye, right? And so I became her horse. And so she got on my shoulder and she said, come on, horsey, let's go. And so I was running around the living room with her. Well, I went one round, two rounds, and I got winded. And so I stopped. And she said, come on, pie, let's do it one more time. And I was like, man, it's hard to run whenever you got a, a toddler on your back. But some of us, listen, the lesson here is this. You can't develop perseverance if you're carrying around unnecessary stress and unnecessary burdens. You'll get tired. You'll get winded. You're going to get weary. You're going to want to give up. And many of us are living exhausted lives because we're overwhelmed with stress and we're burdened down with abnormal weight. And so some of us are weighed down and stressed out with financial pressure, or maybe it's relational pressure, or maybe it's just physical pressure, or, or job-related pressure. I mean, there's all sorts of pressures out there, stresses out there. And so you can't live a quality kind of life if you're carrying around stress and burdens that God hasn't designed you to carry around. So we got to learn how to handle that. Because, you know, the medical experts say that the result of living stressed out lives is that it, it causes our all kinds of physical problems like headaches and muscle tension and fatigue, digestive problems, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and all kinds of uh, autoimmune diseases. And then it, it also uh, gives us uh, behavioral problems and, and uh anxiety disorders, restlessness, lack of motivation, irritability, sadness and depression, overeating, drug and alcohol abuse, and the list goes on. But you know, Proverbs 12:25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. You know, whenever you live your life with your heart weighed down with anxiety, it, it'll cause you to get tired and stressed out prematurely. You know, many times it's not the physical demand of life that weighs us down. It's the internal weights of stress. And so learning how to correctly unload our stress and burdens is essential to living extraordinary life. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, how can you live a life of vitality and you're walking around with all these burdens in life? Somehow we got to figure out how to get that off of us. Amen. And so how do you handle stress? How do you handle burdens? Do you watch TV? Do you peruse social media? Do you eat comfort food? Do you take a good nap, exercise? How do you deal with stress? Do you do like me and you go into the pantry and you eat all the chips that are in the pantry? Hopefully you don't do that because that is unhealthy, right? 
So we got to figure out a different way to handle the stresses of life. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said, come to me if you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How many of you know that's the right place to go with your burden? Only the Lord can truly give you true relief and rest for your souls. And the rest that Jesus offers goes deep down into your spirit. It's not a surface thing. Because you know what? After I'm finished with that bag of chips, I'm still stressed out. I'm, I'm even more stressed now because I know, man, this is not good for my health, right? You know, there's a great message in the old hymn. You might be familiar with it. Some of you might be new, but listen to the words of it and, and, and just, just be encouraged by it. What a friend we have in Jesus. How many of you ever heard of that old hymn? Well, let me read you the lyrics of that song. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble everywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who with, will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou will find solace there. What a friend we have in Jesus. Take it to the Lord in prayer. How many of you know there's peace in the Lord's presence, right? Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you need rest, ask him to give you rest. And he has an amazing way, even though our circumstances don't change, he has an amazing way of just taking the weight that we carry. Peter says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Listen, he's got broader shoulders than we do. He can carry more weight than we can. And if you want to run the race of life and not give up and throw in the towel, you got to learn how to offload those burdens and say, Lord, I can't do anything about this. Lord, I need your help. Lord, would you help me? And just give it all to him. Amen? And I know the Lord will help you. And number three, the third key to developing perseverance is take time to refresh your body and renew your soul and refresh your spirit. You know, as humans, we are tripart beings, right? In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, say, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, the scripture teaches that we are spirit beings. We have a spirit. We also have a soul, right? And we live inside a body. We're tripart beings. And so to develop perseverance and live an extraordinary life, you have to nurture all three parts of your being. That's the only way you can live. If you neglect one part of your being, you're going to struggle. 
And so, you know, some people, they go through extra lifts. I mean, they get up at 3.30 in the morning to get to the gym so they can work out for an hour and a half, two hours, and they got, I mean, they got biceps that'll, you know, choke a mule. I mean, they're strong as an ox. They, I mean, they, they are ripped like nobody's business. But their soul is dwindling away. Or their spirit is getting malnourished. But you can't live a healthy life unless all three parts are well taken care of. Are y'all with me out there? And listen, now, some of us in church will say, bless God, I don't go to the gym, but I read my Bible. Great. But listen, you need to quit eating all those Lay's potato chips and leave those Twinkies alone and start going for a walk a little bit. Your body would be blessed if you gave it a little treatment. Amen. Come on, how many of you know you got to live a balanced life, spirit, soul, and body? Come on, if you believe that, say amen. 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 So listen, so how do you refresh your bodies, replenish your soul and your spirit? Let's talk about that, and then we're going to be done. To refresh your body, obey the Sabbath and take a day off. You know, Exodus 28 says, remember the Sabbath day. By keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, your son or your daughter, your manservant or your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Question, theological question. Did the Lord get tired and he needed a day of rest? Or he was setting an example. He was teaching us. In Exodus 20 and 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Holy means set apart for God. The Sabbath day should be treated with reverence for God. The Lord makes it very clear, the purpose of the Sabbath day. In verse 10, he says, the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God, and on it you shall not do any work. The, serve, the purpose of the Sabbath day is to what, gang? It's to rest. It's to rest. God knows our bodies need rest. It's gotten quieter in here than the, the whole time this morning. <laughs> Come on, how many of you say, oh my, help me Jesus, right? The purpose of the Sabbath day is to rest. Remember, keeping the Sabbath day is one of the ten commandments, not ten suggestions. Amen. Amen? And so listen, the reality is to keep the Sabbath day is really an act of obedience to God. If we don't keep the Sabbath day, it's really disobedience to God. And we have to begin seeing it like that. I heard a pastor say recently, keeping the Sabbath is the only commandment of the Ten Commandments that Christians don't mind breaking. And so listen, you know what? Listen, the Sabbath day is meant to be a blessing to us. And sometimes we get so exhausted and our body's aching and we're weary and we're discouraged, and we're getting depressed, and we say, I don't know why I feel so low when Jesus said I could live an abundant life. Maybe it's because we just need to get some rest. Here's why it's so important. There's a special blessing associated with obeying the Sabbath. In verse 11, he says, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Did you catch that? The Lord blessed 
the Sabbath day. Come on, how many of you know God created the Sabbath day principle so we can rest our bodies? I tell our church, listen, you need to try to take a nap on Sunday because there's a special anointing on Sunday to take a nap. Amen. Amen. Come on. I'm giving you permission. Take a day off. Amen. Get a rest for your body, right? And so then how do you refuel your soul and your spirit? We have to stay connected to the vine. John 15, 5, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Have you ever noticed what happens to a branch that is cut off of a tree? Now, when it's first cut off of the tree, there's really not much difference, right? But if you put that branch down and you leave it there for a year or two, and you go back and look at that branch, that branch is rotting, it's deteriorating, it, it's, it's feeble. It, and Jesus uses this word picture. And he says, I'm the vine and you are the branch. And apart from me, you can do nothing. He's saying, you got to stay connected to me if you don't want to look like a dead branch. Amen. Amen. There'll be no fruit in your life if you don't stay connected to me. And so listen, it's not just good enough to come to church every once in a while. You have to learn how to sit at the feet of Jesus and get into his word. You know, I, I believe there are people that go to church and, and they haven't cracked open their Bible in weeks and months and years. And they haven't closed their eyes and clasped their hands and said, Jesus, I need your help. you got to refresh your soul. you got to refresh your spirit. I'm telling you, you need to make it a priority to sit at the feet of Jesus and let him nurture your soul. Let him nurture your spirit. Amen. And then you're less likely to get mad at God or get mad at others when you go through trials. You're just going to look at it as it's all right because God's got my back. It's going to be all right. Amen. Amen. We need to water ourselves. Jesus said, I'm the water of life, right? You can't live a vibrant life if you don't water your soul. You know, a, a number of years ago, I was on a day off, and Tanya and I went to the mall. And um, it's not my favorite place to go. But this time, it was, I was struggling big time. And I was so tired. And we were walking in the corridors of the mall. And I'm telling you, I felt so exhausted. I could have just laid down on the tile in the mall and just taken a nap. I was just, I was just spent. And so Tiny said, well, you want to go? I can tell you're not having fun. So, you know, I, I'm thirsty. So we went to a vending machine and I got a, a bottle of water. And I just guzzled that bottle of water. And you know, something amazing happened. All of a sudden, I felt, I felt re-energized. She said, you ready to go? I said, no, we can go to another, another shop. We can go to another store. And she said, really? All right, maybe we can go to two or three, right? <laughs> but you know what happened was I was dehydrated. I was dehydrated, and that's why I was so weak. And some of us are dehydrated spiritually. And you got to take time. Jesus said, if you drink, he says in John 4, Everyone who drinks this water will never thirst again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Listen, to develop perseverance, you got to rest your body. And you got to nurture your soul, refresh your soul. 
And you've got to refuel, refuel your spirit. Have you ever seen somebody walking down the road and they got a gas can in their hand and you see their car up ahead? They were on a journey. They had intentions to go somewhere, but somewhere along the way they ran out of gas. Sometimes we're out of gas. And we say, Lord, you said I could have an abundant life. You said I could live an extraordinary life. Why I'm not experiencing it? Well, maybe, maybe it's because we're not looking at our adversity correctly. Maybe we're just, maybe we're just getting mad at God and mad at others and, and beginning to blame, seeing our adversity as, a, as our enemy instead of our friend. And maybe we just need to change our perspective. Amen? And maybe we just need to unload some of the weights we've been carrying. And maybe we need to sit at the feet of Jesus, rest our bodies, and fuel our spirit. Would you do me a favor and just close your eyes with me for just a second? How many of you today would say, man, I needed to be reminded of this. I needed to be reminded to look at my adversity correctly. How many of you right now are going through some adversity and you say, man, I, I need to start looking at it different. Let me see your hands. Just raise your hands. How many of you, okay, you can just put your hands. How many of you say, you know what? I'm not going through adversity, but man, I am so burdened down. I'm, I'm so heavy right now. I need some relief. Let me see your hands. Now, how many of you say, Man, I'm out of gas. I'm out of gas. Or you might say, Todd, I raised my hand for all three. Would you do me a favor and just stand with me right now? You know, I, I have faith this morning that God wants you to live an abundant life and he wants to meet you right where you are. So if you raised your hand, I want you to just raise them one more time. And I want you to do me a favor. Would you do me a favor and just slip out of the pew and just come up here at the altar and just say, Lord, I'm coming to you today. I don't want to leave here the way that I came. I need to meet with you this morning, Lord. I need you to touch me this morning. See, listen, saints. Jesus didn't leave heaven. He didn't leave heaven, die on the cross so that we could just barely cross the finish line and go to heaven. He wants you to enjoy life now. He wants you to have peace now. He wants you to live with this vibrant, exciting, eternal, precious life now. So while you're up here, if you, if you find the liberty, for me, sometimes it's just helpful for me just to lift my hands up to him and say, Lord, here I am like a child jumping in the arms of his father and say, God, I need your help this morning. I need your grace this morning. I need your presence this morning. God, come today and meet me and touch me. Maybe you're going through adversity. Maybe right now you just need to say, 
Lord, I'm going to start looking at looking for the blessing in this instead of looking at the problem, looking at why it's here or how come and who did it. I'm going to start looking at you and say, Lord, I'm looking for the, I don't want to throw in the towel. I don't want to give up. Lord, I want to hang in there. Come on. Are y'all with me this morning? I'm going to make a decision right there where you are and say, Lord, I'm, I'm hanging in there this morning. I don't want to throw in the towel. I'm standing in and Lord, I'm persevering through this. I know there's gold right around the corner. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Count it all joy when you go through various trials, knowing that the perseverance is coming and the perseverance will bring maturity and strength and hope and blessing. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. Now, some of you are weighed down. You're burdened down with worry and fear. And come on, Jesus said, Jesus said, come to me, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm going to hand it to him. I'm going to just hand it to him and say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. Lord, I'm trusting you with it. Lord, I'm giving it to you this morning. In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Come on, I, I want to just, just, just keep just releasing it. Just keep releasing it. Come on, maybe some of you are empty on the inside. Come on, waters of life. The river of life is coming. Come on, the water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Let him fill you up. Let him fill you up with his water. Let him fill you up with his life-giving spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we just come for you today, and Lord, we just give you all of our cares and concerns, God. We ask you for forgiveness, Lord, just for forgiveness for trying to do things outside of your will. Lord, I pray that we'll take the suggestions, the great advice from Pastor Todd this morning, and just begin to replenish ourselves. God, right now, I just pray that you're filling us with strength. You're filling us with faith. You're filling us with hope, Lord God, this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. You can, you can return to your seat if you want to. Thank you. Praise the Lord. That was a great message, Pastor Todd. Did you enjoy that? That was awesome. Great advice. I'm just, I'm just so glad that Pastor Todd didn't mention Bluebell. Those potato chips, those were bad. The Bluebell, we were, we're still okay. Hey, um, I'm going to pray and dismiss us here in just a minute. Um, again, um, there was two things I was supposed to remind you about. I'm trying to put the word down. Uh, one, I don't know if I, I think I forgot to mention, but this Wednesday the youth are having a bonfire. It'll be right here. A great, great time uh, for you to, for you to come. Um, we used the gym during the week, so guys, if y'all can help us stack up rows of eight, that would that would be awesome. And uh, let's just let's close with prayer this morning. God, I just I, we thank you for your word, God. Uh, so many.